you're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy channel. You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. Doesn't get easier, does it? It doesn't. This is a by uh, uh, racial American history podcast where each week I... Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. How many of these have we done? Like over 450. Um, Sweet God. You would think that at some point I would know the introduction. Yeah, you'd think. But but to be fair, it's not like this is you you saying the all things comedy channel, which is weird. Uh <laughs> but it's not just that. A lot of times you forget your name, you forget little things, you know. Names are hard. Uh, I'm really bad with names. But it's your name. Right, but I'm it's your name. but uh, to be fair, I'm I'm very bad with names. Yeah. I've read that on Twitter. Um <laughs> Yeah, but you would think you would know how to do your own, is what I'm saying. So Right, but just names in general. You understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I think you're just doing that so that if people come at you for pronunciations, you go, Hey, sometimes I don't even know my own name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and called it quote his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> my name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not gonna become the tickling podcast. Okay. This is like Adam. And a five part coefficient. <laughs> Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. We. All right. Uh, David, um, two things. One, I want to say on December 17th, I'll be doing uh, another one of these Avail Comics shows. These are a bunch of people represented by uh, the same uh, manager. They're great. We did one on November 24th. The next one's December 17th. You can go to Night, I think it's Nightlight TV. Nightlight.tv is uh, where you can uh, get tickets. And uh, they are live now. And then the other thing I want to tell you is one of the comics who I'm doing that show with is this comic named Greg Barris. And he reached out to me and I did his radio show yesterday because um, his grandmother is Ruby, who was dating Marion Zionchek or was married to him when he went when he was on his drunk bender and was potentially killed and he is now like researching about his grandmother. And then when he was researching, stumbled upon the dollop that we did on Marion Zion check. And, uh, and it's fucking crazy. I mean, his grandmother was like dating, it was married to him at the time when he was throwing coconuts out the window and throwing other things out the window and putting crazy. hair tonic and rum in a, a cup and calling it a Zion check zipper. So fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And then I, so I went back and I listened to that one and it's you, me and Will and I sound like I'm on cocaine. <laughs> I do not. There are so many bits in that story that are fruitful because there are so many crazy details. But I thought that was very interesting. So I talked to him about that yesterday for a little while. And uh, and he's like talking to the cop who like, 
you know, like was investigating it and is now retired. Like, it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Do you have anything to... Oh, uh, on December 12th, we are going to be doing an, uh, oh, yes. a, a live online episode of Dumb People Town uh, with the Sklar Brothers and... Uh, and Daniel, Daniel Van Kirk, Van Kirk DVK. Uh, DVK, as we call them. Uh, uh, all very funny people, and we really like that podcast. Uh, so uh, you can go to their website uh, and, you know, buy tickets or whatever you do. February 28th, 1839. Okay. Williamson County was formed from Franklin County. So it's split off, basically. Okay. In the southern part of the state of Illinois, your home state. Okay. That's not... Nope. Don't deny me. I will. I am the researcher and the fact checker. Completely wrong on this fact. After the War of 1812, many Southerners had come to settle there. Southern culture would always stay prevalent in the county. And for a while, slavery was allowed to work the salt mines. It's really... It's disgusting the way that (laughs) they still are able to carve out, like, slavery clauses... (laughs) For so long after. I mean, like, you know, let's just take a pause. Today, there was a Supreme Court case in which a lawyer for corporations was arguing (laughs) that you shouldn't be able to sue um, companies that uh, have slaves, American companies that have slaves overseas. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Department of Justice under Trump obviously was uh, agreeing with this. And the guy who was arguing in the case for the corporations, of course, was Obama's ex-solicitor general. Sometimes it feels like it's just a club. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the county had such strong southern feelings that it attempted to secede from the Union at the start of the Civil War. and uh, So a county... It's a strange area. Like it's it's not like there's a bunch. Like you would sort of be your lone island. Yeah. In the middle. Well, of it's this. it's right next to Kentucky, but you know whatever. It's <laughs> it's just so weird. A single county. <laughs> oh, don't go there. That's not Illinois anymore. Um, a lot of residents from the county fought for the Confederacy. In 1868, some members of the Bulliner family were playing cards with a guy named Henderson. And uh, Henderson did not like what was going on, and he called one of the Bulliners a, quote, damn lying son of a bitch. Okay. This led... And the mother was right there like, excuse me? <laughs> what? You're supposed to do that, but I'm not here. Ah, excuse me? That's the my, nerve. That's my best Southern Illinois Really accent. bad. <laughs> Very close to your English accent and all of your other Hello, accents. governor! That is pure no. Southern Illinois. What? Yeah. Not. Uh, so this led to a pretty severe beatdown for Henderson. Okay. And that resulted in the Hendersons and the Bulliners beginning a long feud. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Survey says. Now, the law decided right. to stay out of it. They're like, all right, you guys just handle this <laughs> on your own. Uh, as the law, we will sit this one out. Good luck. <laughs> so 
They would fight. They would fight all. Of, they would fight in the street. They would fight in saloons. They would fight in barns. There, how many of them? I mean, I mean we're, I don't, we're I, talking. Like, I couldn't get a number, but it sounds like quite a few. But it's large families. Okay, yeah. right. Um, the uh, another family, the Sisneys, sided with the Hendersons, and then the Bulloners attacked Sisney's house and shot him four times. Jesus. Then the Crane family got into a fight with the Sisneys in the general store in Carterville, and so now the Cranes were involved in the feud. So now, this so now the because because the Cranes fought the Sisneys, they are now part of which faction? The Sisneys are with the Hendersons, and the, with the Cranes Hendersons. are with the Bulliners. Okay, so that's cool. Uh, so. <laughs> Men are getting shot and killed. George Sisney moved to Carbondale after a while to get away from it all, but then someone shotgunned him through his living room window. Oh, my God. Uh, but he healed. He he actually survived, and he uh, felt better. Uh, but then someone... You, not better than before. No, I mean, I'm sure. I'm, actually, the shotgun sort of <laughs> loosened up some of the cobwebs. I remember where my retainer is. Uh, but then he got shotgunned again and killed. Oh, okay, for sure. So Great. that's not a that was a bad ending, I guess. Um, yeah, that's not a fun ride. The feud finally ended in 1876 when Marshall Crane was arrested, tried for murder, and hung, and then three other people were sent to jail, and the feud just kind of petered out. Uh, this sure. this was called the Vendetta feud. Okay. So and this was again all over a card game. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how. Great. Yeah, that's how all feuds start. You ain't got rummy. Oh, I got rummy, boy. You ain't got no rummy. This man's lying. You dirty dog son of a bitch. Well, and now we go through the part we just explored. Hello, governor. Oh, God damn it. I was hoping she wouldn't make it. Coal was uh, found in the late 1800s in... Uh, Thank God. Williamson County uh, in, in the town of Heron. So, my, you're not going to believe this, but mine owners there did not treat the miners very well. Hmm. That's the first. That's counter to everything this country stands for. That's right. Author Troy Taylor, quote, They worked in water up to their knees and in gas-filled rooms and unventilated mines where the air was filthy and filled with toxins. There was no compensation for accidents, which occurred frequently, and the average daily wage was less than $2. Oh, well, at least you're getting compensated for swimming in gas-infested rooms with no airflow. Well, you know, you are kind of getting to take a bath. That's true. So That's how they would pitch it. What you guys ain't understanding is I'm giving you a day trip to the spa. <laughs> Your skin is going to look unbelievable once you come out of all that coal water. Coal is fantastic for the skin. It's great for digestion. It's an exfoliant. You guys just seem to... It's an exposed, right? Thank you, Trevor. It's an exposed. All you gotta do is rub a little bit of that coldy water. It's like holy water, but cold, coldy water into some of your crow's feet crevices. That's you'll look twenty years younger if you if you make it out of there. Which again is not that likely. Yes, go ahead. My, yep. I, yes. My, questions. My, my feet are so wet that my skin is sloughing mm-hmm. off like my. That's because under your under that foot skin is a better foot. So that's just your foot shell cracking, 
to give birth to the actual foot. Are you, are you familiar with the, the way that a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? That's a lot of what your foot is about to go through. So what you're going through is the growing pains of nature. So your foot is crackling, your foot hurts, your foot, you know, it's got, it's got sores on it. That's just God's way of saying, hey, get ready. There's a transition of power coming. Your foot's about to be brand new. Okay. All right. That feels like, oh, God, what? No, okay. That makes Yeah, great. Okay, great. Yeah, sense. so just fight through it. What you're getting down there is I'm, I'm paying you two bucks a day to have a trip to the spa. Don't be afraid to mix that water in your mouth and spit it out like you're a fountain stone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoop. <laughs> All right. That's great. Yeah. Can I say what's fantastic about what's happening now is some of those tears are black. And that shows me that you are working hard. All right. Now, don't don't cry the day away. <laughs> Get that axe. Pick. So keep picking. So the miners unionized in 1900, if you can imagine. Ugh, um, bastards. There were strikes. There was violence. But they made progress. Wages went up. Standard of living increased. A strip mine was then opened by owner William Lester nearby. That's right. When you're done with work, come on down to the strip mine. <laughs> That's where some of the female miners make a little extra cash, down at the strip mine. Strip mine is a place where you can go. We got a buffet. Come on down to the strip mine. That's right, guys. Come on down to the strip mine. Give it up. Give it up for Coley. Coley, guys. She's not up there for her health. Come on. Throw some nickels on that stage. That's right down here at the strip mine. Strip mine. It's just like a mine, except the women are naked and the men are disgusting. I mean, you you say this, but this would actually turn people around on strip mining. If this. Yep. If you just had naked women dancing while they were strip mining, everyone would be like, it's, yeah, okay. It's that. It's, it's, I wish I hadn't said it now because someone's going to be like, you know what? Not a bad idea. I, we have to look it up on the internet, but there has to be a strip club somewhere out in coal, in the coal territory world called Strip Mine. Does there not? Let's see. There has to be. If, if it doesn't exist, it is a massive strip. failure. Uh, of the strip community. Yeah, this is going to be a hard one, but let's see. Uh, no. I don't think there is one. At least I can't. No. I'm learning a lot of stuff, but no, that's not one of How them. How is that possible? I mean, I don't know. That's a play left on the field. That would, uh, like, yeah, 1840s, boom. <laughs> Uh, so he he opens his mine in September 1921. He 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 uses 50 union workers, but in April all mine workers in the country went on strike. So okay. this guy's in debt. Uh, he negotiates with the union to let the miners take the the coal out of the mine, but not ship it. So like just getting ready for when the strike ends. And when the can, right, okay. Um, they pulled out uh, by June. They had pulled out 60 thousand tons of coal but because of the strike and it's the, it's just sitting there right but because of the strike the price of coal is shooting through the roof so this guy is now just right. like well that's gold right so lester fires all the union guys and hires scabs Ugh. and then starts shipping out the coal Ugh. now the state government was like don't this is a really bad idea don't don't do this this is 
not okay. going to end well. National Guard c- colonel came and told Lester, this is going to end in violence. If you do this, this is going to end in violence. Okay. I be- Dave, I have this feeling it's going to end in violence. Well, the crazy thing is, is that a rich guy doesn't care about that. And he's just like, money! So uh, yeah. on June 21st, a truck full of scabs and guards was shot at near a bridge over the Big Muddy River. Three of them were wounded. And then in town, the uh, strikers raided stores for guns and ammo, and they headed for the mine. Jesus Christ. I mean, this this really is like... <laughs> I mean, if if the company fucked with you enough, it used to be like, we're going to go kill the company. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, whereas now we're like, oh, damn it, it's too big. Oh, it's just bullshit. But then they were just like, all right, well, let's go kill everyone involved. So they get there, the scabs in the mine, and the union men are now shooting at each other. Um, I, why would you do that? I would just be like, wait, what? They didn't tell us you guys were on strike. Wait, I, bullshit. <laughs> you guys are strike. They told, I was like, why is such a great job available? That is bananas. That is worse than bananas. That is just that is cra- that is cuckoo banana. Let me give me a hand. Let me get out of here real quick. Good lord, uh, God! I, you guys must be furious. It, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it now. But for a second, I was like, "Hey, what are these guys doing? You can't just kill a guy and take his job." <laughs> Boy, hey, who wants a nice pale ale? Huh? What did that hit the spot right now? Huh? Round of those? Huh? <laughs> you guys are my best friends, without question. <laughs> Oh, what a mix-up. What a dumb little mix-up. <laughs> so uh, three of the union guys are killed. The mine superintendent calls for the sheriff, but no one could find the sheriff. Is that just your job when you're the mine <laughs> superintendent? You're like, I need to call someone with authority. <laughs> I've been put in a place of fake authority. Uh, he begs uh, for the National Guard to uh, be sent, but they're not. Meanwhile, in town, Hugh Willis, who was the local... United Mine Workers spokesman explained to supporters in Heron what was going on. And basically, he, his summation was that the scabs deserved whatever was about to happen. Okay, good. So, Nuanced. So all night long, the scabs uh, are begging the supervisor to surrender. And so he finally does. So they're just kind of, they're in the mine? Yeah, I think so. And they're just kind of trapped down there while these guys are shooting at them. And the supervisor's like, hold, hold. And they're like, we do not want to die for this. They might have they been in like some sort of housing situation, you know? Right. But either way, they are sort of at the mercy of this, the yeah. superintendent, which is a normal title for a mine worker. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just at the whim of the superintendent who has the decision whether or not to cave. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all very right. weird. So Okay. So then, you know, they come out, they surrender. The scabs are now being marched toward Heron. Uh, Now, all the union miners hate the mine superintendent because they've been working on him for a while. He had a big mouth. He was a total asshole. Uh, He was arrogant. Mm -hmm. When they were talking about going on strike, he was saying the mine's going to stay open whether you guys go on strike or not. So while they're walking, union guys keep hitting the superintendent, and he's bleeding. (laughs) Uh, he also hitting a, him with whatever their fists. What are they? Hit? Okay. Whatever okay. Oh, just physically hitting him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, he also had a wooden leg and that made him walk slower and that just pissed off the miners. 
Oh, that's, I mean, that is, that's tough because he's a brutal asshole, but it's also like, yeah. I take it easy. He's got a bad yeah. leg. So they shot him twice in the chest. All right, David. That's, <laughs> that's uh, now, well, good Lord. I mean, it just shows you. That's why, that's why I just take care of workers. Just take care of workers. <laughs> that's just, right. That's what happens. All that, all that happens now, you can go back to when the guy started shipping out the coal. If the guy never yeah. shipped out the coal, man, people get mad at all the violent stuff, and you're just like, yeah, but go back to the rich guy doing the thing. Yeah. So, no, um, that's, that's what we've been dealing with this whole year, where yes. you're like, oh, how dare they do that? You're like, what did, have you thought about the case? <laughs> uh, so uh, they keep marching the uh, the scabs further, and they're on a road. And- I bet you the scabs had a little pep in their step after yeah. the superintendent was shot in the chest twice. They're like, hey, why don't we take it to a trot? You guys want to trot? Let's trot. Let's trot for a while, huh? Let's do a little trotting. <laughs> so the union spokesman, uh, Willis, pulls up in a car, and he, and he says, hey, look, guys, don't kill the scabs here on the road, but, quote, take them over to the woods and give it to them. Kill all you can. So the strikers... What? Then take the scabs over to the woods and they start shooting them. Uh, what? That must have been a moment where you were like, finally, a cooler head's... <laughs> guys, 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 what are you doing? Okay? You do not... Don't kill these guys out on the trail. Go to the woods. It's right over there. And then just kill at mercy. Just go absolutely bananas. Go crazy over there. So they start shooting them in the woods. Uh, they run, but there's a barbed wire fence. They're all getting caught in the barbed wire fence. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the ones that make it past the fence don't know. They're not from around here, so they're easy to track. And one by one, they're getting killed. Oh, my God. Six were caught. Jeez. Six were caught and taken to Heron Cemetery. And then a crowd gathered and watched as the scabs were killed. After they were wow. shot and beaten, one miner slit every scab's throat as they were laying there. Wounded. Jesus Christ. This is... Uh, this, uh, should we we got to send this clip to Jeff Bezos. And be like, <laughs> buddy, listen. Just listen. Just listen. Because, I mean, it is, it's violent. And the truth is that I'm sure, like, you know, you, you take jobs because you are trying to take care of yourself and your family. So... While, yes, these are the scabs and they have wronged you, like you're saying, it's like, also, just remember the source. Yeah. Like, there's the guy, you know, you know, you know how this wouldn't happen is if the, it's yeah, if, the dude would just pay. No, yes. If, no. If, if all, if there was no owner, if the workers own the mine. Right. Right. You see, you see how easy it is to, ch- I'm like, no, you just pay them a yeah, little just more. cut out, cut out the asshole. Um, yeah. The mine was set on fire. So altogether, about 20 of the scabs were killed. They were dumped in a mass grave. No one has ever found out their names. The news spread <sighs> quickly across the country, and people demanded justice. As it yeah. would. Congressmen uh, attacked unions. Newspapers wrote of their shock at the violence. President Harding called it, quote, butchery wrought in madness. Now, the coroner did his... I would call it, I would call it butchery grounded <laughs> Yes, okay. The coroner uh, did an investigation. He said the scabs were killed by, quote, unknown individuals and stated the deaths were due to the actions of the Southern Illinois Coal Company. Mm-hmm. A few months later, a grand jury handed down indictments against six men uh, for murdering one scab. 
they had a trial, and the jury acquitted all of them. Uh, and also, that that's just one trial. That f- six people for one guy, and that, that was, was it. Uh, okay, so, so okay, so, uh, the- that'll teach you. <laughs> well, potentially not. Never mind. So the national press and government officials, uh, everyone's outraged. Uh, they demanded a new trial, and and they got one. In 1923, the same six men were put on trial, and again, the jury acquitted them. All right. Are we good here? (laughs) Can we stop doing this? I only have one suit. (laughs) So none of the Union men would ever face any justice for the massacre. Now, Prohibition was uh, happening, and with it, bootleggers in the county, like the Shelton brothers, Charles Bilger, uh were active, and with them came violence. So right. people in the county thought the police weren't enough. So they turned to a very popular favorite at the time that was making a comeback, the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Now, most bootleggers were Catholics and foreigners, so this worked great for the Klan. Ugh. Well, actually, it works for us on a couple of levels. Because, <laughs> see, we don't like them just because of who they are, but now we also need to be in charge of keeping them within the lines. So for us, it's a win-win. <laughs> it's great. But, you know, we might even need to bring extra robes. <laughs> so, so the Klan starts showing up. They're, they go to local churches, and they give money, and they make speeches about law and order and being an American. Uh, the locals, <laughs> uh, the locals, mostly Protestants, are super into it. They're like, yeah, this sounds good. That's great. I don't see any downside to this idea. This sounds fantastic. The Klan said they would put Williamson's bootleggers and gamblers out of business, and they promised to make the country, quote, more like home and less like hell. Catchy. So the Klan of Locals uh, formed a committee, uh, and it was called the Law and Order League. And uh, <laughs> they asked the governor to help, but the governor wasn't interested. So they went to, okay. uh, they sent a, a, a group to D.C., and they met with the commissioner of Prohibition. And he said, look, there's not uh, really anything we can do, but he... He's the Prohibitioner, yes, right? Yes, that's the Prohibitioner. Right. But he said um, there was an ex-prohibition agent named S. Glenn Young uh, who... I'm not coming back. (laughs) I'm done, I told you. I don't do this anymore. My wife and I are very happy right now, okay? (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we're the clan. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to have to sweeten the pot a little more than that, honey pie. We're f- <laughs> I told you. We're fighting Italians. <laughs> I hate Italians. And Catholics. My God. I'd hug you, but my dick just got so hard, I don't think it'd be right. So, so they hire him. They hire Young. Uh, So Young arrives in Williamson County in November 1923. What is he going to do? He's going to be... He's going to take charge of of the operation, basically. Right, the leader of... Bring his anti-prohibition experience and and law enforcement experience. He'll give them a Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) 
I get you. So he's in his 30s. He had been raised on a ranch and was supposed to be very, uh, very good with a gun. He also loved violence. Great. This is... This is shaping up to be a really good episode. Dave. At 21, he had uh, joined the Texas Rangers. Uh, after that, he was... I'm a pitcher. <laughs> no, Gareth, no, it's not. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, after that, he joined... He was U.S. Marshal in Oklahoma for two years. Uh, but his very big moment was during World War I. He got a job as an agent with the Bureau of Investigation in the Justice Department where he went after and tracked down draft dodgers and deserters, so hundreds of them, uh, mostly in southern, southern okay. states. So he was known to track them down alone. He didn't work with anybody, and then he would have gunfights with these people. In uh, October 1918, he had a gunfight with five deserters. He killed one. During a, a raid in Madison County, he killed a guy who was in the house next door of the house they were raiding, the guy had come out and tried to shoot Young first, and a coroner's report cleared him. But then Madison County prosecuted him, and he was found not guilty. But the Justice Department, during all this, fu- looked into him and, and uh, all he was doing, and then they they fired him because they said he had acted immorally and improperly. Okay, okay. What was a trial like back then? There just had to be so much hearsay. Oh, my God. Like, there's just, like, so little, like, actual evidence. So you'd just be like, hey, look at his eyeballs. <laughs> he done it. He done it. If you look at that, look at his eyeballs. How come he got dirt under his fingernails? Trigger dirt. He got all that dirt from pulling the trigger. And then the dirt went under his finger. So that, this man 100% did Guilty. It. Uh... Yeah, all right. Fair fucking hey, great. Shit. <laughs> oh, wait, you're on my side. Yeah, what are you doing? Okay. I don't think you're supposed to you're the, my you're you are my wife's nephew. Shut up. Guilty. Okay, great. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there was nothing you were like, exhibit A, my opinion. Exhibit B. Some thoughts I've had. <laughs> so all, all what young is is exactly what the clan wanted. Uh, heading right. the Law and Order League, so right lunatic. He start with experience. Yeah, he starts at the beginning of November, and by the end of the month, um, Young and his crew had bought booze from a hundred county establishments. So he's just <laughs> setting it all up, right? Sure. His first. It would be great if he wasn't, though. If people are like, he seems drunk a lot. <laughs> Do you think he's gonna follow through? I feel like he's just buying booze. Okay. So his first raid was on December 23rd, 1923, a huge event. Uh, all, all the arrests were taken to Benton, and then thousands of people came down to have a look at the prisoners. There were so many prisoners. They <laughs> Losers. <laughs> I know. Well, there's no TV, so you're just like, hey. I know, but even, uh, are you here? There's gonna be a, we're going to go look at a bunch of guys. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, I even think that like now the time we're living in, like TV is not enough for me anymore. Yeah. Like, what more, I mean, what more, if back then you would have just been like, eh, hurry up, the worms are almost going in their holes. You're not going to be able to live the rest of your life without having seen a bunch of night crawlers go back into their holes. <laughs> so there were actually so many prisoners they couldn't, uh, that couldn't make bail that they had to ship some of them to the jail in Heron. Uh, the second raid happened on January 5th. Now the jails in Benton and Heron were full, and they had to send them to other towns. 
After, Jesus. after the third raid, there were 256 prisoners. Oh, my God. So, young... <laughs> That's a lot of bootlegging. <laughs> it really is. It's like everybody. Yeah, I mean, literally. <laughs> uh, young recruited Klansmen and formed a private army. He soon had an, uh, an army of 500 men. Wow. Young started wearing a military uniform with two forty fives strapped to his legs. And he carried a submachine gun. Jesus Christ, they had submachine guns? Yeah. <laughs> God, okay, so he's got... They, okay, so he's got 90 between his legs and then a machine gun. Uh, they started raiding private homes, mostly uh, that were owned by Catholics and Italians. Sure. Now, the people being arrested... Yeah. They're like Blackwater, but they're like... They're Whitewater. They're, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they're Whitewater. So the people being arrested started complaining that there was evidence being planted, that they were being robbed, and they were being beaten. And the Klansmen just <laughs> responded. They said, well, they're foreigners. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, Your Honor, we did take everything he had and beat him mercilessly, but the man is Irish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, case dismissed. Thank you. Good Lord. But many, a lot of the locals are, are, are believing the stories Brutality claims were mostly directed at Young, and soon he was arrested for assault. During his trial, okay. well-armed Klansmen walked around the courtroom carrying machine guns. I don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> I, I, not guilty, honestly, for me. It's a, just the vibe thing. I just kind of go off of the vibe of a fella, and I look at him and I say, yeah, no way. <laughs> Call me crazy for not even needing to hear anything. Can I get them a little more water? Whoo! Uh, the jury uh, deliberated for minutes, and he was not guilty. Yeah, we decided. Sorry it took us so long, by the way. That was rude of us, to be honest. We just, <laughs> I don't even know what took us all. It took two and a half minutes. What the hell? A lot of it was just the pleasantries, but uh, it's so sorry. <laughs> so... Now, local gangsters and bootleggers obviously not happy with everything that's transpiring. Uh, the biggest ones, mm -hmm. who were once rivals, Charlie, Berger, Ora Thomas, and the Shelton brothers, teamed up to fight Young and the Klan. Now, Young raided the Shelton brothers' roadhouse, and a few days later, on February 8th, 1924, a Klansman and cop named Caesar Cagle was in Heron. And he was walking down the street, and a man walked, walked towards him, you know, like he's walking past him. And right mm -hmm. in front of the Jefferson Hotel, he pulled out a pistol and shot Kegel point blank. At the exact same time, another man came up from behind and shot Kegel, and then the gunman ran for it. Wait, two people shot Kegel? Yeah, one from behind and one from the side. Jesus Christ, it's just... Okay, now, gotta be safe. By the way, that was a very quick intro-outro for Kegel. Yeah, he's in and out. Yep. Uh, the shooting doesn't go well over well with the Klan. Uh, they descend on Heron. Soon there were hundreds of Klansmen patrolling the streets and stopping. Did they parachute in in their robes <laughs> like paratroopers? That's just sort of what yeah, I they, picture. They, actually, if they just <laughs> open their robe up, it's just like a parachute. Klan, arm for flight! They all just run off a cliff. <laughs> it sounds like they're being shot. So, 
so there's there's they're stopping cars. They're just checking everybody, right? Meanwhile, sure. uh, the Shelton brothers. I love the I love the idea that you've just given up your town to the clan, and now they're like, can I see some identification? I mean, remember this is I think like ninety five percent of Indiana has voted for the clan. Like it, this is like just when Ugh. the clan is like the rage. Um, right, the clandemic. This is the clandemic. So, uh, the Sheltons and two of their gang around this time uh, drive out of Heron and uh, head to Florida. Interesting. Head to Fl- of course. Interesting time. Of course. Of course. Yeah, they're just like, we just started the car and it started driving us there. We didn't even need to move the wheel. The car instinctually took us to Florida. Now, an anti-Klan meeting was held in Heron at the Rome Club. The meeting was put on by the Flaming Circle, which was a militant anti-Klan group. Okay. And may I? Great name. Yeah, can we bring back the Flaming Circle? Great name. Yeah, for sure. Please. Yeah. Uh, flaming, like that's like a band, like <laughs> the Ku Klux Klan. You're like, we're the Flaming Circle. It's like, wait, what? No, we have uh, a grand. Really... We have a Grand Wizard. Really, we have a Butcher Man. Uh, we might need to get a Butcher Man. <laughs> we have a Cyclops. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so. The sheriff came to the meeting with a deputy, and he told them the best thing they could do right now was to, quote, lay low and be peaceable. Now, after a bit at the meeting, someone ran in and said Klansmen were coming. So the sheriff and a deputy went out and met them at the top of the stairs. It was the police chief and one of his cops and then a huge crowd behind them. So the sh- that that side that but which side that's the clan side yeah so we have the sheriff okay so you have the sheriff who's with the flag and the deputy sheriff and then a bunch of robes sheriff with the f- flaming circle cops oh, okay right cops are all clansmen the cops are our clansmen okay right gotcha so, I know it's very confusing um, so. The sheriff grabbed the chief, and the deputy grabbed the other cop, and then the chief shot his gun. The deputy was shot, and he yelled out, quote, They have got me, George. The crowd of Klansmen scattered, except one other cop. And then the sheriff pulled out his gun and held, pointed at the other three, and they, and they, were, they stopped. So he's got them at gunpoint right and then the flaming okay. flaming circle members come out of the meeting and demand that the sheriff turn over the cops and they the the three that he's yeah, got and they said they right. were going to hang them that's why they wanted them that's a great you we should lie <laughs> well what are you going to do with them if i give them to you i going to talk to him about ethics <laughs> okay you may you know then you hang them uh, right at this moment, a car drives by. The sheriff stops it, and he tells the driver to drive himself and the prisoners to Marion. Can you imagine being the driver? Here, take these three clansmen. Go to Marion. Excuse me? I do not. What will we talk about? Hi, guys. All right. Which, uh, hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, but that was just, he was just saying that out loud so that people would hear. He actually had the driver take them to Jackson County and where he had them locked up. 
So, okay. Now the Klansmen go to the hospital because that's where the deputy who had been shot had been taken, and they wanted to hang him and also get the others who were with him in the hospital. Are do they wear the robes the whole time? I, Are they robed up? I don't at think this they're point? robed up at all. I think they're just. Okay, yeah, because they're like because re- if you're like ninety five percent in charge, you don't yeah, need to wear your costume not, anymore. Yeah, they're not robed up, so you don't need to wear your. Um, they go to the hospital. They demand the hospital hand uh, them over, but the administrator refused to let them in. So the clan threw bricks in the windows and then started shooting the hospital. But 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 also like if you've ever tried to like align like what someone's apartment is from the outside after you've been in it it's impossible so they're probably throwing bricks and shooting at the so many different areas of the hospital oh yeah they just every window every yeah they just right. they just they're literally just that's cool they're just shooting the hospital right they're like kill the hospital <laughs> buildings die. Uh, after a long time, the National Guard were called, and they came, and they broke up the Klan mob at the hospital. By then, the hospital was covered in broken glass. There were bullet marks all over any wall that faced outside. But somehow, not one person inside had been hurt. Hmm. Well, hurt more. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Double hurt. One, one guy's leg was better. The brick hit my leg, but it actually, honestly, is a little you looser. Guys, you guys should look into this. You guys should have those guys throw bricks at some of us. Um, so all the anti-Klansmen guys stayed in the hospital, guarded by the National Guard. So the National yeah. Guard now circle the hospital, and those guys are like, we're not leaving the hospital. Um, martial law is then declared. <laughs> what a terrible... You'd be like, wait, what did they do? We'll figure it out. It's just going to work itself out. Now, the next morning, over in Jackson County, where the sheriff had brought the... Uh, the three prisoners, three guys, three cops, the police, right. the police chief in Carbondale got a call from Heron and was told to arrest, arrest the sheriff. So I guess the sheriff had gone to Carbondale after dropping them off. So, okay. He went to Robert's hotel where the sheriff saw him and jumped out of a car and tried to run away. I don't know why. I don't know what, why he was in a car and why he thought it'd be better to run, but that's that's what he did. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's also I, the idea of like someone saying arrest the sheriff. You're like, I don't know why, but that's exciting. I think the sheriff was maybe trying to get back into his hotel room or whatever. So the L.A. Times quote: The chief had a shotgun. He followed Sheriff Galligan into the lobby. Sheriff, I want you. The chief said, "Throw up your hands and back against the wall." And the sheriff gave up and did. So now the sheriff okay. has been arrested. It's just quite a feeling. A w- <laughs> so it turns out a warrant had been filed for the sheriff for murdering Caesar Cagle. So young, uh, oh, okay. so young said right. the sheriff killed Caesar Cagle. Right, right. The police chief in Carmadale said he found Cagle's gun in the sheriff's pocket. Okay, wow. Uh, so he was held there until. Klansmen slash cops from Heron came, quote, there must have been 40 or 50 of them. They had a state warrant charging him with the assassination of Cagle. Now, Young also accused the sheriff of kidnapping the three cops he arrested and, quote, importing thugs. Okay, so he's got a few things knocked against him at this point. <laughs> so, 
Eight other guys are charged for the Kegel killing, including the spokesman for the miners' union, Hugh Willis, who had who had what? rolled up on the road and said, "Kill them." <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the mayor of Heron and bootlegger Aura Thomas. So they're just kind of okay. they're just kind of it, it, it. Basically, they they're using a murder to he's using a murder to get rid of all of his enemies. Yeah, it's like the ice bowl. It's like everybody was there. Yeah, he's like, let's just right. wipe everybody out with one. He, he also killed him. Much of them, he killed, after he died, he killed him again. <laughs> his eyes opened up, and then he shot him. Even though it's clearly the Sheltons. It's obviously the Sheltons. So, right, but right. Uh, Young was then made the chief of police and the mayor pro tem. Wow. Quite a that's all right. Hell yeah! Uh, his newly deputized special police roamed the streets. Uh, the hospital was still surrounded by soldiers. So Young has basically made himself the dick, the yeah. dictator of a county, king, king of the king of the county. Uh, warrants were filed for suspects. Uh, like I said, this included the mayor. Um, so he then appoints himself the sheriff. <laughs> Wow, well, it was a matter of time. I mean, <laughs> why not? Uh, so time goes by. Days go by. Months go by. Um, there's ambushes and shootouts in the streets of Heron. It's just like a, a level of violence. It's just, you know, every day. Right. Um, the state and government, uh, state and federal government, not, not thrilled with what's, what Young is doing, which is basically overthrowing the civil authorities of Williamson County. So this, the right. state starts an investigation. But still, he's running the show for a while. There, there were booze-related uh, <laughs> trials. Uh, the Klan sweeps the November elections. Uh. So the KKK is in complete troll, control of Williamson County. And then the government uh, drops their investigation on Young, and he is indicted on 55 charges. Wow. Uh, other, other Klansmen are also indicted. So... Obviously, he's losing control, and then one by one, the Shelton brothers uh, return. There's three Shelton brothers okay. uh, from uh, Jacksonville. Now, Young decides... What did we miss? <laughs> anything change? Did that guy we... Sh- what have you guys been up that to? That guy we shot, anything happen with that? Oh, man, that was great. Got away with it, too. <laughs> huh? What? 400 people got arrested for killing him. Huh? What? The Klan? What? Uh, so Young decides to uh, get out of town and move to East St. Louis. Now on May twenty, and but he's still going back and forth. He's he's still doing like clan events and stuff. Um, sure. On May twenty third, he and his wife were driving from Heron to St. Louis when a Dodge pulled up beside them on the road. There were four men in the car, and they all started shooting with shotguns and revolvers. Uh, Young was shot in the leg. His wife took a blast of buckshot to her face. Young would be okay, but his wife was permanently blinded. Yeah. Now... It's the Dick Cheney. That is the Dick Cheney. Um, The Klan vows revenge. So they start... All of the counties start looking for the Dodge. Now, (laughs) the next day... uh, the next day, a Dodge. I mean, how many? Do- there had to be a number of Dodges. <laughs> like, it's like it's not cars. It's like when the when the LAPD was looking for Dorner, and they were just shooting everyone with a Toyota. <laughs> yeah, right. And then if you have that car, you're like, don't go outside. Yes. Um, 
so then. Hey, now yeah, I notice you're driving a Raj truck. Yep, that's right. Brand new. The letters, the two legs on the yeah. R look off. Well, it's Raj for you. <laughs> Raj trucks. That's what they. Uh, that's what they were known for. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never actually even heard of Dodge personally. I always wanted to get myself a Raj. So I actually have a Podge. Great. That's he, and that's what we do. A lot of the yes. He's got a Podge. I've got a Raj. So uh, yeah. good luck finding that. Fodge was it? Dodge, Dodge. Good luck finding that Dodge. Never never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Can we we pass through? Can we pass through? Yeah, please. (laughs) Excuse me. Just going to get in the front of my Raj, (laughs) and him is Podge. So excuse us. Thank you. Great to meet you guys. Good luck finding that son of a bitch. If you get him, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) Wouldn't want to be driving a Dodge today. (laughs) All right. Honk, honk. Bye, guys. Let these guys through. The Raj, the Podge, the Stodge, all of them. Uh Uh-huh. Um, what about my Dodge? (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Fuck. So the next day, a Dodge is driving from St. Louis to Heron. And as it crosses the Williamson County border, they come across a group of armed Klansmen blocking the road. That's him for sure. He checks out. What evidence? Got to dodge. Kill him. Two bootleggers are uh, driving the Dodge, and uh, one hits the gas, and they drive past the Klansmen who open fire. (laughs) Uh, But they don't get far because up ahead, another car blocks their path. Oh the driver stops and puts up his hands and is immediately shot and killed. The other bootlegger ran, uh, but was shot in the leg and captured. A coroner's okay. jury ruled... So now he's just a bootleg. Ah! That's my noise. Thank you. Uh, a coroner's... It's nice. Appreciate <laughs> it. A coroner's jury ruled the bootlegger had been killed by, quote, unknown persons. It's the second time. Plural. It's the second time. Yeah. It was just like the uh, uh, scabs. Yeah, it's weird. The other guy in the car was arrested for attempted murder, and uh, then Earl and Carl Shelton were arrested in St. Louis. So at the preliminary hearing, Young shows up because he's going to testify. and He has 30 carloads of armed Klansmen with them. What? <laughs> What doesn't at some point doesn't that make you look less tough? <laughs> like you're like I need all of them to protect me. Uh, he then identifies the shooters in the courtroom, but still the Sheltons and the other uh, bootlegger they were released on bail. Okay, so Young then goes on a tour. Sure, this is by the way. <laughs> The level of, t- like, I don't know what they would have done in a pandemic because they toured so much back then for anything. <laughs> We're taking my boot on a tour. I mean, just, hey, I can make uh, money. Woohoo! Yeah, a tour. Okay, so what is he? He's going on a okay, tour. Okay, so there's bodyguards with him the whole trip. But basically, he goes through Illinois, Wisconsin, and Minnesota showing off his, nice. his bullet-riddled car to people for 10 cents a look. Tense a look. Now, 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 that's a stare, brother. <laughs> Move on. It's gonna cost you another dime. You keep your eyes locked on that thing. It's a look, not a stare, dickhead. 
I guarantee you he shot it up more before he took it on tour, right? Oh, for oh. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm just thinking that if we're going to take it on tour, I should have a few more bullet holes in it. Maybe a couple stab marks. It probably had, it yeah. probably had one of his, uh, like, a, uh, an eyeball just sitting on the seat. That's where she lost that Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was still out. I'll take that out before the next tour. It's just so authentic, you see. Um, so while Young was gone, the Sheltons were arrested and charged with killing Kegel. Uh, okay. But there was not enough evidence to hold them, and they are released. Okay. <laughs> 30 minutes after they're released, the sheriff, uh, who now is back in charge because Young's gone, right? he tells a deputy to go to the garage where the car of the dead assassin was being held. Okay. And have it turned over to his brother. Right? Okay. Yep, sure. Just how policing works. The garage where the car is being uh, kept is uh, a known clan hangout. Well, this is quite a little... (laughs) Quite a little extraction then, right? So... So so it starts off as an easy mission, and then you're like, wait, what? So the, <laughs> Don't mind me! <laughs> so the deputy's like, well, I need, I need help. So he asked the Shelton brothers to go with him. Well, the, well, there are, there's just no clear line. Like, not, it's, there's just no line between what is, who is the authority and who isn't. Like, it seems like yeah. if you were in a like, police department, you could just be like, I deputized my friend Chuck. <laughs> now he's in charge. You know, it's like, but he didn't go through any of the training, but it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, uh, so the Sheltons are like, we're going to need more guys. So they round up about 12 guys. So starting to, it's going to look a little more suspicious when you bring the Sheltons and 12 additional dudes. So they're walking down the middle of the road towards the garage. <laughs> and as they get close... A shot. Okay. A shot comes from a grape arbor, which is off to their right. It hits one of the men in the head and kills him instantly. Jesus. Then everyone starts shooting, uh, taking cover. The shots are coming out of the garage. Everyone's shooting. Earl Shelton runs around behind the grape arbor with another guy, and they uh, shoot that guy in the head. Gun battle goes on. Wait, they shoot who in the, the guy, head? They shoot the guy that's with Shelton? The first guy who shot. Okay, gotcha. Um, so uh, it goes on for a while, this gun battle, until the sheriffs bring out a machine gun they stashed in the Palace Hotel and started shooting. What? Okay. So... <laughs> And what is the room under the gun's name, or is it under your name? <laughs> uh, do you have a, a, a machine gun room? Yes, we do. Yes, uh, it's available. We have. Uh, would you like a king or a queen? Oh, a king. Excuse me. Okay. And then I'll just need to get a credit card from the gun, <laughs> just for incidentals. And that's just, we put a $50 hold on that, just so you know. So that might show up on the gun's account. Um, but uh, then that will be... That we won't charge that. That's just the hold. Is, there, is okay. there morning ammo? There's morning ammo between 6 to 
and then after that, if you want ammo by day, you can just uh, come down to the front desk and we can bring you some ammo up to your room. Okay. Great. Thank, thank Great. You. Okay. Unbelievable. You're very welcome. Enjoy your stay, Gun. <laughs> so. Hello, Gun Hotel. <laughs> yes, we do have a room, actually. <laughs> uh, altogether, six people were killed. Three Klansmen, okay. uh, two of the Shelton gang, and then a bystander. Na- okay. National Guard is once again sent to Williamson. Yeah. Might be time to hang out. <laughs> so things calm down for a while. Uh, at the same time, Young, it, I couldn't figure out what this was, but he is getting in trouble with the Klan. And on September 13th, Young is officially kicked out of the Klan. Which should, it's like, that's when you should be like, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I, did, I did something good. I'm finally taking steps in the right direction. Unless he was too racist for the Klan, and they were like, buddy. Yeah, all, all right, pal. <laughs> we agree the whites are the superior race, but some of these thoughts are a little fringe. Okay? Clean it up. So... <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing for the Klan to be like, unfortunately, it's just the language. Just terrible. Um, so around... Around this time, the sheriff made Aura Thomas his special deputy. So now this ex-bootlegger is now a special deputy. Okay, sure. It's very easy. Now, Aura Thomas and Young had had a lot of run-ins, and they really, really hated each other. Okay. <laughs> so Young comes back to Heron, and people get scared, and they stop going outside. Because they, th- <laughs> okay. they think that shit's going to hit the fan. So... Yeah, well, it sounds like, I mean, if he's back, you're like, it's not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not happy to see him. So local businessmen are, you know, losing business, and they offer Young $1,000 to leave. <laughs> Man, I need that deal. That's like 15 k today. Like, I would, yeah, I'd be like, oh, all right. It's a great job. And then I come back every, every what's, couple what's, of months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you're the walking mob. <laughs> just like, well, yeah, you're the human, just showing up. What do you do? I leave professionally. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm a fucker offer. Uh, so around this time, Thomas arrests Young for carrying a concealed weapon. But okay. it turns out Young had a deputy sheriff badge from Vermilion County, so he is not charged. But okay. now, so now it's just awkward. now the animosity between these two guys is really ratcheted right. up. Yeah. Right. On January tenth, nineteen twenty-five, Thomas was in the European European hotel lobby. Young came in with four guests. Young and Thomas immediately pulled their revolvers when they saw each other. Could you imagine just like checking in? <laughs> I, I just. It's it's just so lawless in so many ways. Like, if you were just like, what the fuck is going Like, sorry, sir, they're going to have a gun battle. We should check you in after. Like, remember, like, you on the road when, like, our room isn't ready to, like for another hour and a half, and we're like, ah, oh, bruh, bruh, bruh. Man, people have gut pulling guns out on each other. Like, nope, excuse me, you might want to duck under here for a second, sir, and then we'll finish the chicken. This process. is not very European. Also, I believe you gentlemen want the gun hotel. It's down the road. They've got plenty of rooms available. So Thomas shoots first. He hits Young twice. Uh, He also shoots two guards. Thomas was then shot in the head. 
Young Jeez. died right away in the lobby. Thomas was taken. Jesus. Thomas was taken to a hospital. Uh, the other two guards died. Now that night, so the guy who got shot in the head is like, we think he might survive. Yeah, I don't know how he how he is surviving, but um, yeah, he's the one who makes it. <laughs> so, yeah, the guy who got shot in the head is the one who's like, okay, now I should probably go hospital pretty soon, maybe for my head part. Now the doctor at the hospital who is treating Thomas, the Thomas, the clan hates because he has. Treated so many anti Klansmen. That's <laughs> my job. I took the Hippocratic Oath. It's the oath. <laughs> so the Klan go to the hospital that night, and the doctor sees him coming and he just fucking runs. He runs down the hall, gets yeah. up on the roof, and run, <laughs> escapes over the roof. What? <laughs> just seeing your doctor? That's my doctor. Oh, that's Dr. Uh, Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Batman <laughs> So um, The Klansmen then go into Thomas's room And they just keep Punching Thomas uh, And spitting in his eyes uh, But they don't And he's already been shot in the yeah. head But they don't kill him They leave what? Because he's cl- is, this, is he a Robocop? He's clearly dying now. Like he's been shot in the head, but okay. now they've beaten the shit out of him. They're punching the head wound. So that night he asked if he had killed Young, and he was told that he had, and then he said, quote, Well, I'm willing to die then. And he died soon after. Whoa. Big smile on his face. Can I see my doctor? He's unfortunately on a flashlight. <laughs> he won't be back for a while. So this is when uh, Williamson County got the nickname, and it was used in papers all over the country, Bloody Williamson. Wow. Uh, because now, But now Young is out. The Sheltons and Charlie Berger, who are the two biggest bootleggers, who had teamed up because they were going after Young. Right. Now their friendship ended. Okay. Right. The Sheltons were running booze out of Florida, and Berger had let them use Harrisburg, which was his, his area, as a shipping stop. Berger also opened a uh, joint called the Shady Rest between Marion and Harrisburg, and it had liquor, gambling, cockfights, and dogfights. Jesus But no Christ. cat fights. But no cock, <laughs> no cock dog fights. That's unethical. No, 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 no. My... my Hold on, hold on. Now hold on. Now that I'm restricting it, I've been hold I've on. been training my rooster to fight dogs for about a year and a half. Well, my dog here hates roosters. Mm. Sounds like something. Dollar sign, dollar <laughs> sign, eyeball, eyeball. The cops leave it alone. I assume it's paid off or whatever. They're just not going near it. Sure. It's also yeah. <laughs> it's also built to handle a siege. There, the the walls are a foot thick. There is a giant like basement to hide out in. Uh, well, plus also like you've got the front line of cops. <laughs> you know, like oh god, ah, they're coming for our pistols. I do. I know. I'm sorry. All right, so here we go. All right, I know they're not turkeys, but some would sound like them. Let them go. Let them go. Your guns are useless against them. Oh, they think the bullets are seed. 
Ah, my intestines have been fully digested. That thing sucked it up like Schwarzenegger eating a bowl of pasta. Ah! Yeah! It came up and came a, a bald eagle. And then it puts, and then it, then it puts, it's wearing him as a suit. All right, sir, if you say so, we'll take our orders from you no matter what they sound like. Turkey's in charge, boys. All right, guys, look, the sheriff sounds a little different. Uh, so they, it, the, he also has rifles and some machine guns, tons of ammo, canned Jesus. food, water. So it's like set up. So right. on November 1926, an associate of Berger was shot and killed. Uh, the mayor and police chief were called and they came. And as they got out of their car, they were shot. Okay. Uh, they both lived, but they were both enemies of the Sheltons. Okay. So days later, a car driving by the Shady Rest threw a bomb. Uh, it missed the Shady Rest. A couple of days later, the mayor of West City, a buddy of the Sheltons, had his home shot up. The mayor was also a mechanic who was working on the Sheltons' armored car. That's right. Sure. They were building armored cars for their war with each other. <laughs> Great. Okay, good. And the mayor is like, I'll do the mechanic work. Sure. I'll get under there. I love to get under there. Okay. So we are prepping. A few hours after that, a plane flew over the Shady Rest and tossed, Jesus out, Christ. tossed out bundles of dynamite wrapped around bottles of nitroglycerin. Oh my God! They have planes. They really are like them. They have like the, like Bruce Wayne money. Uh, the bombs were not built well, and they didn't go off. But this is supposedly the only time bombs have been dropped during aerial warfare in U.S. history. Wow, that's crazy! Uh, and they didn't even go off. That's right. And, and by the way, give us five years. <laughs> <laughs> A week later. The mayor of West City's door was blown off by a bomb. On December 12th, two men came to the door and said they had a note from Carl Shelton for the mayor. He came and they handed the mayor the note and he opened it and then they shot him and killed him. Why? I don't understand. Why let him open it? Why not just, we have a note and then oh, shoot I, him? Why make him be like, let me get my reading glasses for a second? <laughs> I'm sure it said something, right? <laughs> it had to have been. Yeah, it's probably like, you're, so dear sir, you're about to be shot. Hmm, that's interesting. The two men in front of you have gotten you in a ruse where they're making you believe that the letter you're reading is from your friends, when in reality, they're just here to shoot you. The second you look up from stopping to read this, your life will be over. You're about to take your last breath. Sincerely, the two men in front of you. Now, what's this all of? Oh! It could have just said, this is a message from the turkey. <laughs> what does it say? Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 What in the hell is this? So, obviously, he's dead. We had some fun, though, with his last moments, didn't we? Uh, on January 8th, 1927, the Shady Rest was destroyed by a bomb. Okay. Four people were killed, one of them a member of Berger's gang. So Berger then contacted the U.S. Postal Inspector about a robbery that had happened two years before. 
I, basically, he was giving up the Sheltons because the postal inspector was convinced, and the Sheltons were arrested and convicted, and they got 25 years each. That's what it took? That's crazy. Like, that you literally call the post office, and then it's like, now we'll get him. <laughs> One of Bircher's gang turned on him, uh, said he... Cause, so the, the guy who was killed in the Shady Rest, who was part of Bircher's gang... Mm-hmm. His brother became convinced that Berger had blown up the Shady Rest on oh, his own so he and killed suspected foul his play. brother. Right. So then right. he comes and he says that he's the one who shot the mayor and that Berger had paid him. So he, Berger is tried and found guilty in July 1927 and sentenced to death on April uh, 19... 1928, he was hung. He was the second to last person hung in Illinois. But that was easy, right? Instead of like just, just coming up with like a plan to kill him, just being like, yeah, he got me to kill that guy. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Hang him. Wait, what? Um, the Sheltons managed to get new trials and uh, get out, but they were they were uh, done in the town. They moved to Peoria, where they started their rackets. Uh, they lived there for a while. Carl was killed in 1947 when he left the business and retired on a farm in Wayne County. Someone came and shot him. That sounds like what the mob term for killing someone on a farm. Yeah, he's retired to the farm. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So he retired to the farm a while ago. Earl was almost killed in Fairfield, uh, but he survived. Bernie was killed in 1948. He was shot by an assassin. They had a fourth brother who had nothing to do with any of the crime stuff, but he they had a Zeppo. <laughs> but he was working uh, on. Earl's farm in 1950 and driving a tractor. Someone uh. must have thought he was Earl because they shot him while he was driving the tractor and killed him. Had to be Earl. He's a Shelton. He's on a tractor. 100%. So that is the story of Bloody Williams. Jesus Christ. Good God. It's uh, this country, it's man. Really it up. is really fucking nuts. It's really I mean, nuts. it's just, it never ends. That is just so. Can you, I mean, I just can't imagine living there. Like, just being a regular citizen there, just like, we should move. Yeah, I just, I mean, can you just imagine having a grocery store? You're like, I just... Yeah. Like, I just want to sell I beans mean, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Instead, yeah, it's like, instead you're in the Jackie Chan Bronx. <laughs> like, every, everything is, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it, Well, what's also so troubling is that... Um, you know, I think when we first started doing this show, like, I was like, you know, yeah, like, we're on a collision course without question, and I don't know what form, but these stories now are feeling so much more applicable to today than they did when we started. <laughs> like, this is, uh, I could envision a version of this. You can envision versions of this. Martial law. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we've had clan run you know, towns. We, have, we I mean, have versions of martial law. You know, curfews in cities yeah. because there's uh, there's protesters getting beaten by cops, and like it's you know it's all. Well, that's what I mean. It's like it 
you, it seems like, and you know, I mean, obviously like law enforcement has been, um, yeah, detrimental in many ways, but it feels more and more like we're getting closer to that time than away from it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it goes in cycles. Yeah. Um, I just think we need to restart the flaming circle. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And after going through that, I believe instead of training uh, cocks to fight one another, we do need a front line of cocks. Absolutely. Just that'll be, that is how you fuck with the wiring of your assassins. <laughs> we haven't been trained for this. Like you haven't been like to shoot chickens at that. You know what I mean? I think that would help. It would at least give us like a minute. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, great. We did it. Good. Good, 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 good. I mean, the real lesson from history, I, I mean, uh, after, you know, we need to treat each other as complete equals uh, based on nothing more than the character of the individual is what you should be judged by is don't get rid of liquor. That's right. Don't ever try yeah. to take away the booze. No, people, it just... People like it. It's too much. Yeah. We can't, if the people like it, and then it opens up the people who hate it to just yeah. leave the booze alone, okay? That's all we ask. All right. That was your dad's policy, too. <laughs> Memory serves. All right, David. Yep. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. We sign uh, ch- chickens. Uh, the main source for this episode was Troy Taylor's True Crime Illinois, the state's most notorious criminal cases, uh, and then a bunch of papers, the LA Times, Messenger Inquirer, etc. Check it out on our sources page. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this this podcast. Uh, Listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 